It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, welcome back, everyone. In studio, once again, Flowtrack Podcast. I am Kevin. He is Gordon. Our email address is flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. You can subscribe on YouTube. Go on over to the Flowtrack Podcast YouTube page. We are here. Are we centered? I think we look good. It's, we're a little rusty, I think. Yeah. Had to get the studio set up, scrambling. This, you can, this will be the first time I touch you in twenty. You can touch my shoulder if you want. Go ahead. All right, Gordon, wow. touch my shoulder. First, first time. time. How did it feel? It felt great. A lot stronger. You look right? stronger, right? Yeah, you're, no, you're, clothes get smaller. That's clothes all you get do. smaller. You get stronger. Okay. Yeah. Shout out to Colt for producing. Got everything set up. Yes. On the way. Big things in Colt's Good future. to be back here. Yeah. I missed the desk. I got to admit, the remote stuff, it's triggering for me. Puts yeah. me back into 2020, 2021 mode. And I don't yeah. like it. I don't want to go to that place again. If we do it for marathons in the middle of the night, that's one thing. But the whole, hey, we're going to do a regular podcast and you're just going to be at home and we got to log on and do all that stuff. I don't like it. Can I tell the viewers a secret? Sure. About you? Sure. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to, did you know that when we started this podcast, you were against video? Video. Yeah. You were against going live. Yeah. Everything that's success. That's why I probably shouldn't be (laughs) making any decisions anymore. (laughs) Can you name something I've done that's good? You were against coming into the studio. Well, until I was for it. And then I was the one who said, let's get back in the studio. Yeah. It's like, it's, right. it's kind of cool though, how like you can be against something and then you love it. There were some other reasons though why I was against the studio that yeah. I don't want to get into. Sure. Now we, now we don't have that issue. But yeah, you're right. Video, because I was, I'm from the audio world of podcasts. Yeah. I said, what are you doing? But now every podcast is video. Is video. There's some podcasts out there that I wish were be more video. Sure. I'm kind of like, have you not got like the memo that all podcasts should have a video component? Yeah. But if you had told me before, hey, we're going to be live on YouTube and this is going to be the format, that would have made more sense. I just probably didn't have the imagination of, hey, this is what it could look like. It's more just, hey, let's shoot an old video and then post it up yeah. of just two people talking. Now we have graphics and stuff. Yes. Graphics make it worth it. It's more of a video show than a podcast. Anyway. Kevin. Uh, Jonathan says, that was odd. I prefer no touching in the chat. <laughs> so 
Jonathan, it's okay. It's here's okay. There we go. Yeah, I evened it out. We are doing a podcast mm-hmm. about the same freaking topic for like the 80th time. No, we're not. No, we're not. I feel like we talk about it's a great day. field schedules. It's a great day all the time. Anytime there's a schedule, guys, there's a great day. Have we? Like it? It actually, I was kind of shocked that this was news because I feel like the schedule already came out. Because I feel like we've world done this schedule piece. came out, not Olympic schedule. Oh, okay. But then we were talking about the 2022 schedule. Okay. Yeah. Listen, you might like. Are we going to do a like indoor like the cross country schedule release? Like An, first, they're doing the women's 12k no, and the men's 12. No, no, 12K. no, 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 no. Uh, Cameron in the chat says it's echoey. So echoey call. We have any echoing issue? Do I need me? You need me to move the mic or something before we get going? Can they hear you, Colt? Can the no, audience hear you, Colt? Listen, now guys, we've been, we've been fighting this. <laughs> There's right, well, no reason. There's an echo. Let, let's we're we're going to figure you, it out. And it's our fault, but I don't know how to fix it. We're working on it in the background. Yeah. Okay. I just want to acknowledge it, and I want them to hear it from Colt, not from me. I'm a big, I'm a big Pat McAfee fan. Yeah. They're doing a big show. He's The college football championship is tonight. Yeah. You, we, you Georgia or TCU? About who's going to win? Who do you want to win? Oh, TCU. everybody wants TCU to win, right? Yeah, TCU. Um, Upset. But they're having technical difficulties with their live stream at oh, good. SoFi Stadium. So we're at the same level as Pat Mac. Do you know what we should do? Just come in every day before a show and just list the other shows that had technical issues. Be like, we're just the same as hey, them. Hey, can't blame us. Yeah. Even the greats. Well, Khalil says it sounds normal to him. Right. We're, gonna go, we're gonna go with Khalil. All right, you want me to jump in the schedule? Uh, I guess. Another Got- schedule pod. Let's do it. You bemoan my lack of enthusiasm about some topics that you're passionate about. So I challenge you That's because to my- be passionate about this. The topics I'm passionate about are like normal topics. I got like six NCAA cross country. That's a normal topic. So is the schedule. The schedules schedules for Olympics dictate legacies. All right. Let me guess. Every champion needs a favorable schedule let me guess people are gonna do the 100 200 double listen you're right the five people get excited Ooh, the one the two double is possible the five and the ten no those are like basic schedule analysts you're looking at someone who's experienced you like the 538 of schedules i comb deeply into these schedules i got six takeaways here all right six and they're not just gonna be wow you can do the five and the ten guess when else you could have done the five and the ten Every other time we've had an Olympics or World Championships. The one and the two. I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going deeper into this. So, first of all, first thing I noticed, no morning track or field finals. I'm a fan of that. How about you? I didn't like the, the morning finals. Yeah, because what if it is 9 a.m. or what's a morning session typically? Well, mo- morning, it's, they're going to be seven hours ahead for us. So that'll be like in the middle. I'll be like four a.m. middle of the night. No, it's gonna be like midday. It's gonna be mo- mo- it'll be early morning finals now for us. Yeah. But night there. But then their morning sessions will be afternoon evening for us here. But it's no, not no, about no, us it's here. The other way around, bro. Their evening will be our afternoon. Sorry. Their, yes. Yeah. 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 But anyway, it's not about their, us. Their morning will be our early early. It's not about us. It's about the, people. the fans in the stadium, and it's about competing at night like you have the two most famous races for tokyo in an empty stadium in the middle of the day it's like noon it's so annoying those formula hurdle yeah. races will run it at noon it was just a sort of a strange thing go back to rio that fast women's historic ten thousand meter race 
That was a morning final. I actually like morning finals. And so, also some of the morning finals at the 2022 Eugene, they were kind of annoying. You don't like, like the it. 10K, it was kind of like, oh, okay, now we're going to get lunch. It was like a weird thing. Yeah. You don't get lunch after watching a championship final. No. Like, that's not what you should be doing. It you should, should be going to a bar. It should be at night. It should be at night. So that's number one. Number two, you mentioned, oh, the one and the two and the five and the ten. Yeah, yeah. So all the normal doubles are possible, but there's one I have my eye on here. Before I go into the super selective Sydney thing level doubles, long and triple jump is possible. Yulemar Rojas, keep your eye out for that one. Wasn't the long and triple jump double always possible? It's been hit or miss. Three. Do you remember the repassage heats? Oh, yeah. It was weird to actually see them listed on the schedule. Okay, yeah. So this was a reminder that. that those are a thing. Let's can do a refresh for people who don't know what that word means because I kind of don't know what that word means. All right, so after the first, we'll pull it up. Pull, pull up like day one on that schedule, the second link that I sent. Yeah, yeah. Zoom in there, right? So you see Friday morning. Let's just look at Friday morning, right? Upper left corner. Yeah. 11.05, round one, men's 1500. You know, ordinarily you'd have auto qualifiers and then you'd have time qualifiers, big Qs and little Qs. But this time, only the big Qs are going to go through and then the little Qs are going to go the next day. Look at Saturday. To the right. Saturday. To the right. Uh, Saturday morning. Let's see. Do we have a repetition? No, we don't have it. It would be on Saturday evening. Excuse me. Scroll down Saturday evening there. 1500, 2025, men's 1500. It says REP. So that would be the people who didn't get the big Q. They have a chance to race and then move into the semis, right? Now, once you go, se- now, once you get into the semis, then we're rolling with the same sort of process moving forward. But it adds so many additional races. Yeah. So if you're a fan of just seeing more races, you're going to get more competitors on the track. I don't think it's wholly necessary. I think the track schedule needs to be decluttered, not, not uh, added with extra clutter. But it's a reality now. It's listed on the, on the schedule. So that's what that means. Okay. So let's get to the, the big thing that we care about is notable athletes and what can they do that would be once in a generation type performance all right that brings me to my fourth takeaway from the schedule sydney's I set you up well there didn't i sydney's Look at guys. threw that ball right back at you Paris. now we don't know if she's going to do this but i'm looking at 400 hurdles and i'm looking at 400 right that's in, that's the double that people want to know hey is this possible here's how it breaks down august 4th morning formula hurdles round one august 5th morning 400 round one. So here, Colt, just show uh, our uh, flow track notes pod, uh, show that screenshot of, yeah, there. Yeah. And basically what we do, she's going every other day. Round one, four hurdles. Round one, 400. Semifinals, four hurdles. Semifinal, 400. Final in the four hurdles on August 8th. And then if she does the 400, the final will be the next day. So it would be six races in six days for her if she wants to do it now you're saying all right well they want her in the four by four as well that would be august the 10th so that would be seven races in seven days this is extremely doable they should have listed this one as another double that was possible they didn't put it on opposite ends of the schedule like they try to do when they try to make two doubles possible and i guess in a perfect world would you want one event completely off the books before you do the other one probably that's probably how you people usually think of doubles and it's going to be tough going back to back August 8th, August 9th with two finals back to back. But 
she can conserve some energy and still win that formula hurdle final unless something dramatically changes in terms of her competition in the next year. So it's interesting. Look at this. She does a 400 hurdle round and then a 400 round. 400 hurdles yeah, are always yeah, first. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like you're running in like with like moon boots on and then you take away the moon boots and now you have like trainers to spikes because she has hurdles in her way, then no hurdles in her way. Hurdles in her way. And it's it, how do you think her body's going to react to like, is it going to be harder for her going into the 400 coming off of a 400 hurdle? Or is it going to be harder for her going back to a 400 hurdle after running a 400? I think it would be easier going the other way because for the last two finals, I think the 400 flat is going to be the more challenging one just to get the gold. So you'd want to have that one first. I'm of the mind though, the first round on both of these is going to be easy for her. The semis is going to be easy for her. The tough part is going to be August 8th to August 9th. How quickly can she recover? And how good is the competition, right? How much uh, is she going to need to dig to win that hurdle title? And then how much, you know, then she'll put it all on the line for the 400. But we don't know what those fields are like. Maybe Femke Bowl takes a step up. Maybe the 400 ends up being an easier path, actually, than the 400 hurdles. But as of right now, those last two days are where it gets tough. Okay, you said there's another triple opportunity. So let's talk about a thing, Mo. Because for as veteran schedule analysts like myself know, one thing that bothered us was the thing Mo couldn't run the 4x4. Four four. Yes, that was annoying. That was ridiculous. Couldn't run it in Eugene and not going to be able to run it in Budapest because we want to put the 800 on top of the women's 4x4, four four, which is unfortunate. You got, well, you have nine days in Budapest. Here you got 11 days. Like, let's figure it out. So the good news is a thing Mo can run the 4x4. Four four. 800's in the first part of the meet. But then I got greedy, Gordon. I said, well, what if by 2024, she's looking for new challenges too? What if she's looking to pull off some sort of double? So we can throw up now that second group of events. There it is. And this would be a thing Mo's potential schedule. Now, there is one tricky day here. August the 5th, in the morning, she'd run the 400 first round. And then that night, she'd have to run the 800 final. She'd be rewarded because then she'd have an off day. But that is pretty daunting going into 800 final, having to run a 400 first round in the morning. Even though it is easy, still got to get up, still got to get to the track, got to warm up, got to run your round and then cool down. Might be a little bit too much, but it's not impossible. We've seen sometimes they put two races 13 minutes apart or something, and then you're like, all right, well, that's actually impossible. So not completely off the table, at least in my mind, but it will be a challenge. If you had to tell a thing, Mo, you can get silver, silver in the eight and the four, or just gold in the eight, what does she choose? Just gold in the eight. You want that one gold. But what would I like to see? Obviously, I want to see her going for it, especially if this year she goes and gets another gold in the eight. So then we have three years in a row, three championships in a row, gold, gold, gold. You know, let's, let's try something new. Maybe she switches full-time to the four, though. Maybe that's, that's the move then at that point. But regardless, U.S. will have her on the 4x4, which not that they need another star, but they will have another star. Which brings me to my last point, my sixth point. Ready for you point number six? six points on this schedule. Well, I have more, but I didn't know if Safan Hassan would really be seriously considering the triple by 2024, so I didn't have a full breakdown of that. Okay. Well, let's just say that would be very hard. They backloaded like, a lot of those women's distance could, races. Did Jakob do a triple? 
Jakob could do a double. What about 15 and 5? What's 15, 5, 10? His 10? Um, well, yeah, because 10's in the... Well, no. Well, I mean, technically, 10 is day one, but the morning of day one is the 1500 first round. But maybe he could purposely jog, one, run the repetition, and, and just go in the repetition. You know, that would be great PR for the repetition. You get great ratings. That would be big for them early like on. He purposely jogs it so he doesn't have to waste energy for his 10K. Yeah. Runs yeah. a 10K, wins gold, and he's like, I'm back in the rep. Re- yeah. Really establish a strong brand with those uh, repetition sheets. Okay. So, my last point, though, in all seriousness, is the 400 runners and the quick turnaround. And what I mean by that is because the 400 typically has been at the you know, beginning ish part of the meet, the 400 final is now on. Basically, the second to last day for the women. That morning is the four by four heats, and that next day is the four by four final. Not a big deal for U.S. runners because they'll just run four different people. They'll just run four different people. But if you're a superstar who is needed to run for your team to advance, you might have to run hard that morning and then run again in an open event that night. Yeah, this screws over the teams without depth. Yeah, majorly because. It's going to be hard for them to, because even if they do do both, mm-hmm. and they are still such freak athletes, they're able to qualify. They're going to be burnt out by the time they even get to the final. So it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. One good thing though for the countries with lack of depth, the mixed four by four, which much to the chagrin of me and Carl Lewis is still on the schedule. Uh, Friday, the first day of track action is the prelim, and then the final is the next day. Right? We had had situations before where. In the World Championships, prelims were in the morning and the finals were like that night. Like they did the entire mixed gender 4x4 in one day. I feel like there should be no prelims in 4x4s. Just all qualify based on time? Yeah. Like who, who are we trying to eliminate here? Very few people. Like, well, not very few people, but you could, you could pretty much forecast who the top five contenders are going to be. Yeah. Just based on submit your roster. Let me see. But that is your official... 2024 Paris Olympic track and field schedule analysis. How'd I do? I mean, it's one of the best pieces of podcasting you've done this year. Thank you. Thank you. I've had some good, some good hits so far, such as my audio cut out because I was at home on show number one. <laughs> my audio continues to cut out. Uh, anything else you want to know? Anything else we need to... No, I mean, I'm not going to think about this for another two years or a year. Yeah, a year. No, coming up a year and a half. I, I refuse to think about it. We're, what's no. annoying is we're going to re-talk about the Sydney thing when she announces that she's doing a double. Yeah, and now I have it written down. Should we? You put in your work early on. Yeah. You don't yeah. have to worry about it later. Stay so ready up and get ready. You're going to plagiarize yourself. I've done I've that. Do, do that all the time. That's what a, a Google Doc is for. You keep notes and then you, you reference no, it. What, when no, when I was in high school, I didn't. I hate. Ri- I hate writing. This is a youth trauma incident with Gordon. I hate writing. So Cole, play the music. When I was told there was gonna be like a ten or twenty page paper, it's like I yeah. can't do that. So I knew though ahead of time that there's gonna be a big paper in my social studies class or history class and my English class. All right. And I was like, they both are gonna expect a twenty page paper at the end of this semester. In high school? High school. Yeah. Wow. The big whatever paper. Liberty High School. And going I was hard. And I was like. I ain't got time to write two of these papers. You definitely so I have picked time. a topic that worked for both. Oh, that's different. And I wrote the paper for history class. Yeah. And then I took that paper and then submitted it six months later to my English class. Yeah. Did it work? It worked. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Is that cheating? 
No. Everyone well, else probably wrote two papers. Yeah. Because there was a lot of people who were like, oh, man, I wish I picked another a topic that applied. If it fits the – if you do that in college, they wouldn't care because if it fits the topic, it fits the topic, right? Yeah. I don't think they would care. In high school, as a former high school teacher, that would bother me. It would bother you? Yeah, that? yeah. But that's just because I would have wanted you to, like, put in work. And then what would what were you doing during class that whole time everybody else is working? Yeah, probably exactly. sitting there on yeah. Sixers Reddit yeah, trying exactly. to figure out some salary cap moves. Um, all right. You want to move on? Yeah, let's move on. Before we move on, Robert says, Gordon's audio is back to good. Get Colt the raise. We're, we're, tr- we're trying to do one better than that, yeah. folks. Trying to do better than that. Good job, Colt, by the way. But where we are, going to talk about this, though. Sorry, one last thing on the schedule. I just Well, you mentioned in the context of Sydney. But 23 yeah. minutes into the pod, still oh, on really? the schedule. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. We started late. We didn't start late. We started, we started like started, five minutes no, late. we started like at 1231. You robbed me of five scheduled minutes. I want them back. I'm reclaiming my five minutes. No, someone is going to pop up who has like 15-5 potential or some like steeple, and, and we're going to go back to it, and we're going to look, hey, is that double possible? That's what's going to happen. All the doubles are possible, right? Yeah. But it's like you're going to talk about 400-100, and then we're going to have to go back and look, hey, could so-and-so do, do that, the 400-100? Yeah. That's, that's when we're going to come back. All right. I want to know if... Curly and Norman can go for the wait the quad. No, one, two, three, four, five, six. The six. What's six? Six tuple. What's that? One. One, two, four, four by one, four by four, mixed four by four. I'm surprised you haven't put Grant Holloway in that. Oh, that that'll be just, seven. Then. Just and the high hurdles <laughs> and the four hundred hurdles. So we'll get, we'll, let's give Grant nine golds. Let's just get him. A, let's just go full Michael Phelps. It how would, how great would it be if there was like a Michael Phelps? Of track where they were just so good that they were able to win nine different. There's a limit to events, though, right? There's a limit. Is there not a limit? Are there be a limit? If you can qualify, you're there. Might have been a limit. You think there's a limit? There's not a limit to how many events. Is there a limit, chat? Why would there be a limit? I don't think there's a limit. What rule would make a huh? No, because where this would be interesting would be, say, you have a superstar athlete like Grant who could get the standard in like a bunch of different events, but for some reason can't compete for the U.S. Just whatever weird scenario and then they can qualify for six events and they're just like screw it i just want to show up every day yeah and wear my country's colors i mean they're literally fred Curley, michael norman and grant holloway have a talent to be in a final of a 100 a 200 a 400 a four by one a mixed four by four and a mixed four by four. well those ones need, a four, a we need teammates on those ones. yeah i'm just saying what if you but like i'm just saying if like a natural disaster hit and yep. all of the track and field Talk athletes now. were gone off the face of this earth in the okay. US We're getting and a little only dark. Curly, Norman, <laughs> and Holloway were yeah. left. Mm-hmm. I think they would enter all the events and they would get all the medals. Yeah. Mr. Runner says in high school the limit's four. Yeah, we, I'm not talking about it. For some reason I thought the Safan Hassan thing when we came up with that we were adding events and for some reason there was something in the back of my head that was saying there's a limit that, that well, it was like you're five. too good. That makes why would there be yeah, a limit? That makes no sense. Well, there's, there's a yeah. No, you're right. Limitless number of events. Thomas says. That's Thank right. you. Thomas is our sorry brain fact brain check fo- brain fart there. Yeah. Well, you're swimming. It's not impact. That's why. Yeah. Impact and track. So that's what All right. What are we doing now? Boston? Yeah, there's a run of show. I'm going off of you. I'm looking at it. Boston, uh, more names announced for Boston. This is crazy. The thing that stands out to me, I mean, it's cool. So you had Amani Bariso who ran that 
214 in Valencia, 214.58. Yet Sharon Lichetti, who just won New York City. But like, this is the crazy thing. Pull up the start list here. Look at everybody's entry times now. It used to be like, oh my gosh, there's one 217. And how many people are under 220? Like, look at this women's 14, field. 17, yeah. 17, 17, 17, 17, 18, 18, 19, 19. It's crazy. And it's all within the last couple of years. The 214.58 stands out. Obviously, but just the sheer number of two seventeens and then two eighteen lows. It's 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 crazy. They announced some of these names before, so it's not um hugely surprising, but you get uh the announcement of some Americans in there, like Sarah Hall. But I, I'm interested in those fall and winter winners in Lachetti and Bariso. Like what are they gonna do now? For Lachetti, it's the second marathon of her career. Bariso basically started her career over after running to uh, 1458. So what's she going to be able to do now? I don't know. Also, Alfin Tulumuk, she's there. Yeah. You it's got- like so weird, like you think about her winning the, the trials, but her, her best is 226. So it takes a lot of scrolling to get to that number now yeah. with all the women out there running 220 and faster. Any other thoughts on this one? I just wanted to bring it up. Yeah, no thoughts. I don't know if it's... I won't be able to do 25 minutes on that like you did with the schedule. It's pretty good, though, right? Pretty good. All right. What do we got next? So this news uh, broke right after. There's rumors of this throughout <laughs> the week, but then it broke right after we ended our podcast on Friday. Um, Chris Zielinski, as you guys know, one of the best distance runners, was coaching the Florida distance program, men mm-hmm. and women. Uh, we know what he did with Parker Valby. She had a phenomenal cross-country season. Looks to be one of the favorites go- <clears throat> with Caitlin Tui going into indoor and outdoor. But he is going to Oregon. Mm-hmm. To pair up with Schumacher. And it kind of... And mixed, Flanagan. And Flanagan. Yeah. It's kind of getting the band back together a bit. Um, does Schumacher coach... How, how many years does Schumacher coach Zelensky for? Oh, a bunch. Like, I mean, you associate... Zelensky yeah. with Schumacher in terms of, of his coach. But like how many years has it been since they were like together? <laughs> oh. Was was he last like, active he re- in retired fi- in what, fifteen? Fifteen or sixteen. 15 or 16. Yeah. So he's been a- away for about, you know, seven years or mm-hmm. eight years. Can't keep them apart. As uh <laughs> he comes back to not back to Oregon, but to Oregon. Yeah. Gonna be assistant coach. Makes sense. It kinda allows for Schumacher to kinda not be as hands-on with the distance programs because now he has Selinski and uh, Flanagan to kind of take that yeah. reign. So now I think Schumacher now can focus more on big picture track stuff and then also the Bowerman team. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it allows him to he needs extra hands. Yeah. And Selinski clearly has found a way to transition into the collegiate coaching realm pretty well. He started at William and Mary, Florida. He was able to get the Florida women's team qualified. Mm-hmm. Their DMRs were getting there, and obviously Parker Valby, boom. After you do that, it's like that's that's what you expect mm-hmm. from someone. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, what do you think of this transition, well, and what do you think he's going to do that for them? Well, were you surprised mid-season? I was a little bit there. Yeah. We've, we've seen the mid-season athlete going pro phenomenon pick up, but but this is a little different than that. But also, you could argue like you know Schumacher was hired late. Right, he was, and Selinski's probably not going to like up his life. Like, hey, I just got the team together across country. I really feel me and Parker and I are kind of look. This is looking good. Yeah, 
it's not a good point to like right before the cross country season to be like, yeah. see, I'm out. It makes more sense, you know, do a complete full season and then kind of do that that refresh in December. Yeah. I mean, it's a clear signal where Oregon's focus is going to be going forward, yeah. which is no surprise because Schumacher was hired as the coach, as a distance guy. But it hasn't always been like that under the previous coach, Robert Johnson. Yeah. They scored a ton of points in sprints and they scored a ton of points in field events as well, too. But now you have two assistants in Flanagan and Selinski focused on distance, in addition to Jerry knowing stuff, obviously, about distance. So, you know, kind of rekindling the distance-focused heartbeat of Oregon. So you brought up a good point, though, with Bowerman, because you can't exclude that from the conversation as well, too, because they're training at the same time as well, too. So, yeah, it does free Jerry up to deal with that. All this stuff is super time-consuming, especially at Oregon, because on top of all the recruiting stuff, you have being the face, being the voice of track and field in Eugene, in Tracktown, USA, putting on all the home meets, all that stuff. It's not, it's not a regular coaching job yeah. at Oregon. So bringing in You're people... You're like the mayor of track. Yeah, and that, which is a weird position for Schumacher to be in because He's not he doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. He doesn't want to be the mayor. Right? But then he took the job to be the mayor. Yeah, exactly, which is tough. And then you and I immediately started pestering with questions. You famously while like, eating an ice cream cone that was melting that fateful day in Eugene, which is a great career highlight for me to witness that firsthand. But, yeah, there's just a lot of trust there Yeah, between those three, not only Selinski going back to college and then pro group, and even the, the Bowerman side of things too, right? He's familiar with all that stuff. Um, it just... It, it makes a lot of, like, when you think about it, you're surprised, but then you're thinking, oh, this makes a ton of sense. And if you have a chance to coach with your mentor, right, the person who coached you is probably fulfilling for him. I remember I asked Chris at NCAAs, because I was like, hey, does Parker's racing style kind of reminds me a little bit of you in terms of hard charging and, and getting after it. And he said, oh, yeah, after the outdoor 5,000, you know, Jerry reached out to me and said the same thing. So, you know, they're obviously close. They've been close for, for a while. Um, he lived many years in Oregon, in Portland, so it all it all makes sense. It's just a lot of big name on one coaching staff. Yeah, and a lot of big names on the track who are going to be pros, like the Bower- all the Bowerman athletes yeah. are there. And like, yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, they're not doing the actual practice. It's separate, and you know Schumacher will always say it's separate, and I get that. But at the same time, you know that if you're an Oregon runner. Mm-hmm. There's going to be situations where you are going to be near Grant Fisher and Krisha Schweizer and the, the Bowerman people yeah. because your, your coach is their coach. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do think for, also for Selinski, like he gets to go from a program where Florida is one of the, you could argue, the best track program in the country. Mm-hmm. But for them, distance is bonus points. It's not the main foundation of yeah. how Mike Holloway has built the program. Uh, but for Oregon... Distance won't be bonus points. Mm-hmm. Distance will be the main priority. So Selinski is going to be able to go into a place where he's going to a lot more recruiting dollars, right? Because he's going to yeah. have a lot more scholarships available for recruiting distance runners than he did at Florida. Yeah. Um, because Florida prioritizes sprint right. hurdles. Right, as well they should. Yeah. Because they have a successful formula that's worked and they've won a ton of championships. But if you are a distance coach, I could see, hey, you want to yeah. try to coach. Um, for a school that's going to give the best. Yeah the best distance athletes, right? Every coach talks about that. When coaches, regular coaches, 
go from whatever conference they're into the SEC, if they're sprint and field event coaches, they talk about, yeah, wanting to do it in the SEC because it just is different when you have the dollars behind that sort of program and the level of competition that you need. Like you want to see, if you think you're a good coach, you want to see how well you can coach the best athletes. So after this move, Florida had a coaching vacancy and Will Palmer, Mm -hmm. Alabama assistant coach, coached the women's program, had a phenomenal cross-country really season. Really good season. Podiuming. Yeah. You see what Mercy Chalanka has done. They got a great Hilda Omanwala. Olamomoy. Olamomoy. Yeah. Amaris Tamisa. Amaris Taizma. Sorry. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm bad. It's start, I feel bad correcting you, yeah, but that but no, one you're you right. just you were... I need to be corrected. I, I'm bad with words. You were like the Ohio State. Kicker, no disrespect. To okay, him. yeah, it yeah. just went. But that he's way. done a really good job building up the women's side of the Alabama program. Oh yeah, kind of. This was probably the best year they've ever had, and now he's going to take that resume, take it to Florida. Yeah, and I'm sure Mike Holloway's going to be like, "We got someone who's really good. Yeah, who's going to you know coming up. I think he was at Georgetown for a little bit, but Palmer's kind of working his way up the, the coaching tree, and yeah. now he's going to be able to probably go from just coaching to women." At Alabama to now coaching the men and women yeah. at Florida and uh, good up big up. I'm really happy for Palmer to be able to make that next move. So Florida, I don't think it's going to lose anything, but they. The question here though, yeah, Parker Valby. Yeah, we got a comment in the chat about that from Robert. So would not expect Valby to transfer to Oregon. She said in a podcast she visited Oregon for undergrad, but did not like how far it was from her home in Florida. Yeah, that problem still exists. Yeah, they have not moved the states. The states are still states are still where they are. Separate. Okay, so here's the question: Southeast. Yeah, you're Will Palmer. Yeah, you know, you're just coming off Alabama. You know, you you, you do, and you come in. Yeah, and you walk into Gainesville. You walk into the track and field offices. Parker Valby's there, the backpack on. <laughs> what is your pitch to Parker to be like? Hey, I know your coach is gone. Yeah. But you should stay here well, in Florida. You'd probably say I'm a pretty good coach too. Look at all the people I got. Maybe four in the top twenty. Yeah. Is that right? I mean, it was just amazing. Uh to be able to do it with that many different types of athletes is is incredible too. And I'd lean into the geography of it as well too. Hey, you're comfortable here. We can we can keep going. But it's tough because if you have success with a coach, like we see this all the time, not just in running but in every collegiate sport when the coach goes a lot of times people are going to follow the coach because they've already built up a relationship yeah. so i i have no idea which way she's going i think she's she's so incredibly talented and has been so successful i think she's going to be fine wherever she decides to go but i don't i don't see you know her wanting to go with her coach wouldn't be crazy but also her staying hey i'm already at the school i already have friends and relationships and i'm close to home i want to stay here it's a tough decision. Yeah, I can see her staying for at least this indoor and outdoor season. Mm-hmm. And if things go well, she's going pro. And if things go terrible, she'll transfer. Yeah. yeah. So it's either going to be I'm going pro or I'm transferring. At the end of the day, like, there's – she did, and I think, I think these are going to go well. I think my – I think I think I have a – I think Caitlin Tui and Parker Valley both go pro this summer, in my opinion. Well – because I think they're both going to do really well, and they're going to be like, well, we've done even, everything. In well, that's NCAA. thinking even longer yeah. term, which I guess, yeah, you, you could put that level of. And then if Parker wants to go pro, guess where she could sign with? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Bowerman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but okay, so if it, that happens, so I don't think Parker will leave. Mm-hmm. But now, Will Palmer's leaving four really good Alabama women. Mm-hmm. Do any of those Alabama women transfer? Well, if any of them do 
transfer, then you have a team, yeah. like a, a legit team, because you're adding, you have two points. I mean, what would their score have been? Yeah. <laughs> you could re- rescore that meet with Valby plus off. Well, Chilean got graduated, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, check out. Imagine if those, the, the three, yeah. three of those four all go to Florida and then yeah. it's just basically replacing Chilean got with Valby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, and they're probably deeper, I'm guessing, too, yeah. right? Florida, five, six, and seven. Yeah. Might have, might have a little more. Yeah. It's just interesting to see all the dominoes fall. And you hope because, you know, everybody ends up where they want to be. And I know tra- transferring is easier than it used to be. And I think that's a good thing. I think it, it, it should happen. And people make a huge think about it when it comes to college football and college basketball. But they forget there's a whole bunch of other sports out there as well, yeah. there too. And if coaches are able to move, I think the athletes should be able to move freely as well, too. So hopefully everybody ends up, you know, kind of where they want to be. All these moves make sense it's like Selinsky going to oregon makes sense palmer moving up if he's getting to coach the men and the women at florida yeah. like it make all that stuff makes sense from the coaching side of things and i think the athletes should be given that same uh, ability right yeah. uh, to move and go where they want to go any other in somebody cross early uh season see this is you okay no, hold no, on no, i'm just kidding you're doing 25 minutes on a schedule kidding. and me talking about cross-country ramifications well, it's cross-country. when it's indoor when now. literally three big well, players are all moving around it's, so it, it, it is interesting though because when you're usually talking about oh the athlete following the coach it's it's june yeah it's not january now maybe a month ago everything was decided and there, yeah. there's enough time but even though there are three seasons and they're supposed to be separate. Though I think of the season more in terms of the academic calendar. I don't know how you think of it. But I think of it as, oh, it's already indoor. And then I think of summer as a time for everybody to regroup and move on. Even though if you compete all the way through NCAA outdoors or maybe you go to USA's, it's only a couple months after that before you're starting cross country. It's yeah. really, but, it, but it seems like more time off. It seems like a natural end point there in the summer and then a natural beginning in the fall. So maybe the timing of this does change people's decisions in terms of what they would have done versus what they will do, seeing as how they're still indoor and outdoor this season. Because you could say, oh, eligibility, whatever. But everybody's eligibility is cut up nine different ways, I feel like, now anyway, especially because of COVID year. And, oh, you redshirted indoors, but you didn't redshirt outdoors, and you have cross left. It's all, all of it's so difficult to figure out at this point. But I, I do think it adds a level of com- uh, complexity to it seeing as how it happened like mid-academic year at least. Kevin, there are three things in life that are certain. Can you name them? No. What are they? Death. Oh, oh death. death and taxes? Taxes. Taxes. Yeah. And Gordon's infatuation for UTEP 800-meter runners. Oh, yeah. Well, this is a sad story for you. One of those, not the taxes or death, my love for 800-meter runners out of UTEP, I love Coach Paul Ehring. Been there a bunch of times. One of his athletes, I'm not sure if he's, he's still being coached by him, but former UTEP athlete, indoor world record. Does he have the world record in the 800 indoors? Ooh. He might. I don't know. No, 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 no. I don't think he has. He's the world record in the 600, maybe. At least yeah, he, he has a little something. bit different. Yeah, well, a little bit. Yeah, sure. Really. But he's one, one, a phenomenal NCAA athlete that came out of UTEP. Uh, runs for Kenya. Michael Saruni. Banned by Athletics. Kenya's doping association or anti-doping agency of Kenya. Yeah. Um, trying to find out the exact. It was evading tests, right? Yeah, evading a test. Yeah. Can't do that. You and like, do. this isn't, it's kind of normally, like, it's kind of interesting. This is one of the first notable Kenyan athletes that I have 
notice that's being suspended from the Kenyan doping agency. It's not AIU. It's not WADA. Like, yeah. So that's the that's the difference here too. Now they announced that some other suspensions as well too. Yeah. But the ones that we had talked about over the previous weeks and months were AIU. Now a lot of them were done with the cooperation of the Kenyan anti-doping agencies, but this one getting announced by anti-doping uh, forces in in Kenya, I agree, is notable. And that's yeah, that was the same thing that jumped out to me. But yeah, the the wording here is evading, refusing, or failing to submit to sample collection. So I'm assuming he'll issue a statement and then we'll figure it out. But you can add this to the list now. I don't know the running total now of Kenyan suspensions, but it is it is quite long at this point. Yeah, and you know, it's going to... People are going to question because I, I'm not sure if he is a training partner. He might not be anymore, but you know, he was with Emmanuel Career a lot. And Career yeah. has won the past two 800-meter titles. Um, we haven't seen Saruni in a while. Yeah, we haven't seen. That's probably why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and Saruni did look like he was not his normal punch that he had this year. I remember watching his first couple of races in 2022, mm -hmm. and it wasn't. He wasn't at the top of his game. Yeah, he was kind of falling off, running like 147s and stuff. Yeah, and he finished ninth at the Kenyan Trials. So, I'm guessing he refused. Maybe after the Kenyan trials is when he refused to give a sample collection, right? Yeah, I mean, I we would just be guessing. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we can. That was his last race outdoors. Yeah, twenty twenty one, he had a more um, complete season, but still, I mean, he ran at the Olympics, and that that was like a normal um, yeah. season. Twenty twenty two, it it ended, and then it, we never really got it back. And he's always been really good indoors and stuff too. So I don't know. I just yeah, the sheer number of these things is really. Is really striking. I read John wrote an article for Let's Run that was pretty interesting about the anti-doping issue in Kenya, and he interviewed the head of the AIU, and in response to basically, well, wait, why did Russia get um, suspended as a country, but but Kenya hasn't, at least not yet. And and what he said is a great point, which is well, because they're helping us in this anti-doping fight, whereas. Not only was Russia not helping, they're like working against us, yeah. right? It's two totally different things. So when you talk about, are you going to suspend a country? It's not just, oh, how many athletes from this country dope? It's like, can we trust their anti-doping authorities to not thwart our efforts, right? Yeah. Or can we count on them to help us out, to, to try to help us with this problem? Um, so Saruni, one of the latest, but you can look up the list. It's, it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. It's a bummer. You hate it when you're someone that you're a fan of. This happens, but hey, if this is true, then them's the rules, and yeah, that's it. I don't yeah. think I think the odds of Saruni coming back from this. I mean, he's 26 now. He's a it's a two year or four year, 28, 30 for yeah. 800 meter runners. Not the it's not your prime. Yeah. So, yeah. but we we'll always have those Albuquerque 600s. That I can just in those Texas Tech 600s and those. You were big on the Texas Tech. Yeah, I love that shit. Yeah. What's the. Uh, uh, so to correct it from earlier, Wilson. It was the indoor African 800 meter fastest indoor. Yeah. So Wilson Kipiker has the record 142.67. Suni's number four, 143.98. I do think, though. Let me pull up. Number three individually, too. That's, that's true. That's true. But the 600. I think it got broken. No, I think you might be right on the 600. 
No, oh, Brazier broke it. Yeah. Wait, but Brazier broke. It was Brazier, uh, Brazier no. killed it. Brazier had it before. Cerny would have. Oh no, Cerny was eighteen. Yeah, Cerny, yeah, Cerny had it, and then yeah. Brazier took it. It was a moment in Albuquerque. In Albuquerque, yeah, where all the magic. We all have it. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Um, no. Do you? I do. Track is back this weekend. This weekend, like, indoor. And I'm then, excited. And then we, we also have we also have Houston. Houston half. But I'm more excited about track being back. I was looking at the flow track live schedule. Cool. Bring go to flow track and click the schedule. Please. 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 So the, okay. Oh, come on. Come on, man. It's implied. He that doesn't it's work please. for you, man. Who's he work for? It's all good. I'm not offended. The YouTube. <laughs> the YouTube. But like you see, like uh this weekend there's only a few. Uh the the VA showcase is a big high school meet. Jimmy Carnes Invitational, GVSU, Bobby Banks. But if you click on February, check out February. Just scroll. It's endless scroll. Just look at the just, just start scrolling. Look at this. Track after track. More meets. More meets. Track. 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 More track. Look at all the track. Gordon Gordon learning for the first time. There's Lots a lot of, of track. tracks in there. Lots but, of track. We have a new partnership with Gainesville Sports Commission. Okay. They have an indoor track in Florida. Okay. And so we're gonna have a bunch of indoor track meets. Grand Holly running? I don't know, but maybe, <laughs> right? That'd be cool. I don't know, but Grant, if you're watching, are you running any of these meets? He's probably gonna show up. He's be like, I don't feel like getting on an airplane. I just want to drive to my track meet. Yeah, why not? Run a sixty. Run a sixty. Do it. Let's hey, see it. Grant Holloway, run <laughs> at the Jimmy Carnes Invitational or the Rad Sports what's Invitational. The, what's the track like? Or the Alachuca Al- County Collegiate Invitational. Wait, is it the? Is it? Florida's track, or is it a different track? I, I don't know. The Celebration Point Indoor Classic. There's a lot of These them. are all the games. The Florida University Invitational and Maltese, or the, the Florida University Last Chance. They got their own last chance meet. They're yeah. trying to compete with BU. Do you know what I like about indoor tracks? The rule is if you have an indoor track, you don't just run one meet. You have to run six meets yes. on consecutive weekends. Yes. All throughout the winter. Yeah, you make your money's worth. Yeah, you got to go every single weekend. It's got to be tough to staff these things. So, yeah, we have a bunch of meets at the Virginia Beach facility, Albuquerque, the BU facility, yeah. now Gainesville, Allendale, GVSU. It's a bunch of all. We got it all. And then we have the World Indoor Tour. Yeah. Which is going to be good. And we have Grant played, will probably be at that. Grant will be at all those. <laughs> and those are live on Flow Track. So that's going to be good. But we hope so. We're not, we don't actually know his schedule, but we hope. No, he's gone. We assume. You talk to him? He's gone. Okay. What's him a, you got his number. You think Grant Holloway will skip an opportunity to run the 60 meter hurdles? I hope not. I hope not. Like, I bet you it kills him when he sees 60 meter hurdles happening and he's not, not involved. Yeah, it's that's like, true. That's true. It's, like, it's like sitting back. It's like when you miss the playoffs and you got to watch <laughs> NFL football. You're like, oh, I wish I was on the field. Yeah, yeah. When Grant watches a 60 hurdle, it doesn't even matter if it's like random local 60 <laughs> hurdle from the Masters. The <laughs> Masters in Denver, Colorado. He's like, I need to be there. Probably true. All right. But we're going to preview more of this weekend. Yeah. So there's got to be some good stuff this weekend, but you haven't looked at the star list yet because they no. haven't really come out yet. Yeah, no. All right. Which is going to be an ongoing bit where we're going to complain that it's Wednesday and we don't know who's running yeah, yeah, yeah. because all of them come Let's out try Thursday. And we can't... I'll do no more schedule analysis if you do no more complaining about schedule is not coming out. Yeah. How many events over under are we going to preview this year that don't happen in terms of so-and-so is running this race and then they end up scratching? Oh, I'd set the over under at like 15. I was going to say 10 and a half. Okay. 
I'll go over. Colt, any last words? Last words, it sounds... Uh, Until Wednesday. Oh, we're not going to be here Wednesday, right, Colt? Colt will be be gone Wednesday. Uh, I will not be here. Okay, so if the quality of the show is different, it's because Colt hasn't put his touches on. Yeah. And if the quality of the show is better, Colt will be back Friday to reclaim the throne. Right, Colt? Is that accurate? That's right. We'll be back Friday. That's it. That's all. That's the pod. Yeah. That's all she wrote. Podcast at gmail.com. Like, subscribe, tell your friends. That was kind of, you like jumped halfway in the sign out, so I didn't know if we had a thing going. No, yeah. All right, so then I was supposed to say, we'll see you next time. See you on the flip side. No, don't say that. Catch you later, alligator. (laughs) Oh, hold on, before we go. Okay. Robert says, thoughts on the Eagles from Gordon before you wrap up. Guys, win two more games at home, and we're in the Super Bowl. Forget well, three to win the Super Bowl, though. Yeah, you but you said to get there. We're not worried about winning the Super Bowl yet. We're just worried about getting there. Okay. And if we do, I'm going. You are? Yeah. Where's it going to be? It's in Arizona. All right. Maybe I'll try to, like, do a Flagstaff trip, something oh. connected to that. Love that you... Uh... I'll say, like, Mike Smith's house, like, and then... <laughs> okay. Free, you're, just, free. <laughs> you're just, like, making up events that people are running in you're inviting yourself to people's <laughs> houses be like, the bosses be like gordon i see this expense report for arizona and yeah I'm, I'm like changing all of the yeah it's like, yeah. like 150 dollars on lunch what yeah, was that it's yeah, like yeah. oh it's like bud lights what's going on yeah <laughs> all right that's the eagles breakdown i'm sure we'll then get more the to breakdown come is we're the best team devin allen still practice one squad? injury away from being okay on the field in the playoffs, so because he's the net, he is the top wide receiver among the pla- practice squad. There's only two practice squad wide receivers, and he's one of them. So two wins away, one injury away. Let's just be clear: we don't wish for injuries no, for no, anybody. Of course not. But two if you're going to get injured, be a wide receiver, and then, then Devin Allen gets to go. And yeah, for a Devin Allen Super Bowl, that's I went. What's... I went to Eagles game, my first ever Eagles game, and they lost. Yeah, they lost. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw Devin Allen on the sidelines. I was like, hey. I mean, right. I didn't say hi because I'm in the nosebleeds. Oh. But I just noticed his body. I was like, that's... Wait, Devin. so he dresses for the games? No, he was in sweats. It's a home oh. game, so they stand on the sideline. Okay, so the practice squad. Yeah. Are they required to do that? Well, I feel like it's kind of bad if like you're like, yo, where's this kid at? Oh, he's yeah. like sleeping in his bed during a football game? Like, it's not a good look. Show up to work. Well, I didn't he's know not gonna zoom in, He's not going to zoom into the well, game. You don't have to zoom in. You turn on TV. <laughs> that's the equivalent to zoom. I didn't know they had to. I didn't know if that was one of the expectations. If you're a coach and you had 12 practice squad guys. It's only 12? Or 15. 15 practice squad guys. Across every position, it's only 15 guys. 15 guys. guys. Oh, jeez. And 14 of them came to stand on the sideline to support the team. And one of them was like, I'm just going to watch it at home. You're cutting that guy. I wouldn't require any of them to go, especially if it was cold out. I want them to be healthy. I would. I'd say relax. Stay healthy. Don't get sick. We might need you later on. I mean, if it's like the last game of the year or something like that, that's fine. Do they need more people supporting them? This isn't a high school game. There's how many people in the stands? 70,000 people cheering. They don't need They're not gonna miss They don't need 12 Allen. other people cheering for them. I, I just didn't know if it was the expectation. Because sometimes, well, this is different because I guess injuries and stuff. But like when an NBA player is like hurt, a lot of times they're just like not at games. Right? Yeah. They're just gone for a couple weeks. Here's my thing, though. I'm not sure. I was watching NFL a lot this weekend, and there was a lot of failed hurdle attempts over. T- okay, so I saw one 
where the guy did it way too soon because the defender never went low. Yeah. The defender stayed high. And it just and went it just right went, into It was bad. Yeah. And yeah. then happened again. And I'm just like, where were the memes? All, were there memes? All we need is we need a Devin Allen hurdling a football player. It would be like the greatest moment ever because yeah. it's the, hurt, the Olympic hurdler hurdling in football. I don't think he'd do it though because it would be it would be too on on brand, like too brand. on the nose. So maybe yeah. he goes under. They all think yeah. he's gonna hurdle. Like go like that, and so then they jump up, and he's just like goes yep. under, hits him zag when they yeah. zig. Exactly. I I did see that one, and I thought, man, this has gone too far because the guy literally thought. The defender was going low, but the defender never moved. But it would be funny if Devin Allen did hurdle and it failed. Like the guy stood up, and then you had the memes of like football, yeah. football built different. Yeah, like, you're like, yeah, we, yeah. we don't. That might work on the track, track but, but not on the gridiron. When it's a human instead of a piece of metal and plastic, it's a little harder, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it actually yeah. is. I, I, I hope he gets to see the field. I literally been following. I go on the freaking sport track thing to see like every time they do a transaction of yeah the eagles be like cutting people left and right and i'm always like alan stay on yeah he's still on why didn't you sign people from other people's practice yeah that was the thing i think they believe in him and i also think that maybe alan's gonna i think alan will have a shot next year because it's like you do a year in a system he hadn't been doing football for like yeah six or seven years or whatever like eagles are notorious for having people who who like they don't play for like a year or two because they're new. Like Jordan Mailata, who is one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL. He's a rugby player. He mm. didn't play for like two years, and now he's one of the best players mm. in the NFL because they're like it's gonna take time for a rugby player, yeah, to learn football. I think it's gonna take time for a hurdler to reacclimate with play design. Oh yeah, when you hadn't done it since you were a sophomore well, in Oregon. I wonder what his track season is gonna look like too. Yeah, I mean. He's probably just going to have a normal track season. I think he's just... I mean, the season will be over February 8th Yeah, when they hold up the Lombardi. And then they go... And I'll be there. And he goes right into indoors. And try to get a credential of, like, who are you here? I'm here for flow, flow track. track. Oh, Devin Allen. Yeah, Devin Allen. Allen, yeah. I'm the only person here that's only focused on Devin Allen. <laughs> the practice squad guy who's not playing. I still... I'm I'll be on, on Radio Row. Yeah. And I'm like, God, Devin Allen coming? Think, come on, Devin And then just leave right just after leave. Like, I got my story. I got yeah. my quote. How did it feel? It was great. All right. See ya. That's my. That's this edition of the Flow Track yeah. Podcast live uh, from Super Bowl. Five, you make jokes, but there 50. are people who would do that at Worlds where they're there for one athlete. Yeah. And they get their one quote and then they're there for 10 days because they got eliminated in round one. Yeah. Anyway. I didn't know. I think he's going to have a normal track season. Never mind. What? No, it's totally non sequitur. I'm willing to. I didn't know that athletes booked their track. Like some athletes knew they weren't going to make finals. So they would book their travel out after semis. No, they weren't going to make the Like knowing that it would be a miracle if they even got to They're trying to save money. semis. Yeah. So they just, there's just, like, there's no possible way I, I would make the final. It's just, it's just not going to happen. So I'm going to like fly out the morning of the final. Here's Never. a question. I know that. Last question. Let's take the NFL playoffs, the MLB playoffs, NHL playoffs, the NBA playoffs. It's 16 teams, 12 teams. 18 okay. or whatever. World Cup, 32. No, not, NCAA no, 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 tournament, no, we're not including World Cup. No, no, no. We're only including, we're only including the, the big four. Yeah. Of all the athletes who are on the roster, starting athletes who are on the rosters of all those teams, do you think they all believe they can win the title that year? Like the eighth, the, the, the starting five of the eighth seed in the NBA, no, do you think they can no, win a title? No. Football, yes. Baseball, yes. 
Hockey, definitely. You think the NBA people don't think yeah. they can win? Yeah, because eight's only one, one round, one You don't think a professional time. NBA player on the Charlotte Hornets, who's the eight seed, that no. they don't think they can win? Deep down, no. I think they think they can win. No, I don't. I think they think they just got to get hot. And the reason why I say that is, what percentage of people who step on a track think they're going to win gold? Lower. It's such a smaller percentage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you could argue probably 80% of professional athletes in, like, bigger sports all think they can win, but, yeah. like, what, 5% of track athletes probably think they can win gold? Sure. So what, the Colts pulling this up, 8 seed. Yeah. They've, well, won, they, they've won rounds before, but they've never been. It's just the, so the, few teams win it. The whole point Basketball is Basketball is more like track, track fi- than, well, than the NFL is like track. There's much, much less parity. Well, I'm just saying in track, there's a large, much larger than normal percentage of people who go to a world championship who are booking their flights early, who know they have no shot. They're just they're there for participation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, two, three, Cancun. Yeah, but like, I think that's similar to the NBA. You think there's a lot of people in the NBA who are there for participation? Yes, they know that they're because you just look at history versus those other leagues that you mentioned. Wildcard teams make yeah. runs to the World Series all the time My, or the Super Bowl. Do you Bowl. think that's bad though? That at Worlds there is. A vast majority of athletes who are there for participation reasons. No, because even if you put, even if you eliminate it down to like twelve athletes per event, which would be a very small number, you'd still have the majority not thinking they could win. How many upsets were there this year? Jakob lost to Whiteman. Okay, right? but tra- but like go oh. event by event. Even look at the podiums. True, true. Okay, well, there's not I would many argue upsets. though track is weird where we think third and second is winning as well. This podium okay, then win. look at the podium then. Don't even look at just first. Look at the whole podium. How many surprise medalists were there? It's like, all right, Bassett, well, was, Bassett was a surprise yeah. bronze medalist, but you know, Warholm being hurt, you're like, okay, that kind of makes sense. But in general, you pick the Americans to sweep. You pick the Jamaican women to sweep. Like that, Michael Norman winning wasn't a surprise. The men's eight was a surprise just because it was yeah, a total mess. The 400 meter hurdle final, I think everyone in that, on that track thought they could podium. Only because of Warholm being injured. If Warholm was not injured, none of them. Yeah. There would have been a bunch of guys who thought, you know, not to say 100 percent chance I'm not going to podium because you could hit a hurdle or whatever. But yeah. if you said everybody runs their best race, but like go event by event, if you're paying attention, there weren't that many surprises. You're not. Like it's just insult. not. You tell me to do my no, research. No, 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 not you. I'm just saying, if you just only pay attention to track like every four years or something, and then you turned into the world championships, and you're like, wow, American men swept 100 this year. What happened to Bolt? <laughs> but if you paid attention all year, yeah. the odds of a sweep were higher. I mean, not literally higher, but yeah. we all thought the odds of a sweep were higher than not a sweep. We thought a super sweep was in the cards too. So there's just, there's really, and even, okay, you want to go down to a lower level, trials, Olympic trials. How many big upsets are there in Olympic trials? You get, out of the multiple, what, 40, how many events? 40 yeah. men and women? Too many. Yeah. Not enough. Uh, that's why we need the repetition sheets. More events or more, more rounds. There'll be one or two top threes yeah. that'll shock you. But as a percentage, small. Yeah. So that's why I think it's more like a seven game basketball series where you're going to get the best team. There's not going to be many upsets. Yeah. All right. But for some reason, seven game hockey series, I guess, or seven game baseball series. I guess it's because the teachers. What get was the hot point of this conversation? Okay, no to tell, idea. To tell people to like and subscribe. Yeah, we like ended the subscribe. show. We ended the show about 15 minutes ago. Thanks, Colt. We'll talk to you guys Wednesday.